Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys being bold truth proclaimers and defenders and part of the remnant of Bible-believing, Jesus-seeking Christians who are unashamed of the gospel and are being ambassadors for Christ, not secret agents or silent witnesses. There's no such thing, right, if you read the Bible. Uh, if you read the New Testament. So we're today going to talk about so many things. We've got, of course, the National Day of Prayer is today. And I'm reminded of when Jesus uh, shared a parable in Luke 18, telling the disciples that at all times they should pray and not give up. It's easy to become discouraged, friends, with all that's going on around us. It's easy to get overwhelmed if you do not have your feet on the solid rock in that eternal perspective Because praise God we are saved. Praise God our citizenship is in heaven. And this is not all there is. So thank you, Lord. But we have work to do while we're here. We'll talk a little bit about that. But also a German study came out that you will not hear reported in the media about severe complications after taking the COVID vaccine. Guess what? No surprise to you, I'm sure. Uh, 40 times higher than previously recorded the number of those suffering severe complications. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Because this wasn't just some small study with 40 people or 100 or even 1,000. Do you know how many were in that study? 40,000 people were surveyed. So uh, also we'll talk about the eternal uh, peril of progressive Christianity. We've got to define the terms today because the church has been seduced and it's to some degree hijacked by the left. Um, also, no surprise, a former CBS abortion reporter accused of bias. Guess what? Well, she just got a job with Planned Parenthood. That's right. She was doing the work of Planned Parenthood as a, quote, journalist. And also the food crisis. There is are some people pushing this on purpose. Is it accidental or is this orchestrated? Food processing plants are catching fire in record numbers. This has never happened before. Is it just Random. Is it coincidence? Also, Mother's Day coming up Sunday. A lot to talk about when I want to bring in our guest today. Pastor Steve Smotherman is back with us. He's a senior pastor of Legacy Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. One of my favorite patriot pastors, sound in doctrine and believes in staying true to God's word. He definitely is unashamed of the gospel and the whole counsel of God. He uh, stands up to the government, and as we should at times, we should not just submit in an unlimited fashion. And uh, he's not afraid to confront the many issues facing Christians today, confronting evil, and we just appreciate his voice. Pastor Steve, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, thank you for having me again, man. It's always my pleasure to be on your show. Well, thanks you, thank you for your time. Um, I'd love for you to have the honor of opening the podcast today, being the National Day of Prayer. So would you do that, sir? Yes, sir. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we um, just come before you. We humble our hearts and minds. We enter the throne room of grace where we may obtain mercy in time of need because, God, we're, we're always in need of your grace and mercy. I pray, Father, that this uh, podcast today will go great. 
I thank you, Father, that you continue to bless David and and give him favor and wisdom as he uh, preaches the truth, talks about the truth, talks about the things happening in America and the world. Uh, Father, he's so articulate. So continue to bless him, fill him with favor and wisdom, and we thank you for that. So, Father, your word declares that when we come before you, first of all, we'll pray, we're to pray for all men. This is the National Day of Prayer. We pray for all men everywhere, that they would come to know the saving grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that their eyes would be enlightened, that they could see the glorious light of the gospel. Mm. And, Father, now we pray for all those in authority, that, Father, you would cause them to be born again, to be, to be repentant. And, Father, if they don't repent, that you remove them supernaturally. And, Father, that you would raise up and you would cause people to understand we need strong, godly leadership leading this country and our states. So thank you, Father. We just lift these things up to you and just give you all the praise and glory and honor, for only you are worthy of such such things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, brother. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Uh, you were just recently a part of an event. I believe it was a few weeks ago. It, I, it was last month or maybe earlier. Um, no, it's, it's already May, early May. So it was last month. Um, could you tell us about that? You, I think uh, you preached with some other people just talking about um, really d- defending our religious freedoms in America. And uh, I don't remember if that was in Texas or not. It was in Dallas, and it was an event um, done by Rick Scarborough. Yes. And, oh, man, what's the guy's name? Um, anyway, that was an event where they tried to get pastors to come in and be encouraged to stand up, mm. keep fighting. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 what happens when you do. And so they just asked me to come and tell this little bit of the story that we, we've dealt with and gone through the last two and a half years. And the outcome um, has been really uh, significant. And God's blessed us and grown us. And so it was a great event just to speak into the heart of pastors mm-hmm. and encourage them and let them know, man, there's a lot of us in the boat. Um, we don't hear about uh, uh, so many of us as the other side, you know, that wants to um, yield to the government and all this craziness that's happened and not yield to God and his word. And so it was just a fun event. I was honored that Dr. Scarborough um, uh, allowed me to come and invited me. Mm, he's been a blessing. Uh, he's been on this podcast. And uh, I haven't talked about this in a little while, but I want to promote Liberty Pastors uh, the, with uh, Paul Blair, Dan Fisher, uh, Rick Scarborough, and so many great men of God that we've been able to connect with. It's been such a blessing to me personally. And that when I met you at the uh, the Dallas event, I think it was in 2020, that was a catalyst in my life personally. I was at a place where I was feeling kind of like a Lone Ranger in this neck of the woods, Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Midwest. And uh, I was just encouraged. My faith was strengthened. I was so thrilled that there were that many men of God um, that attended that who really want to speak up because they saw the direction of the country, Pastor Steve. And you've been talking about this, too, and thank you for speaking into the lives of pastors. It is a difficult job. Before we got on the air today, I was telling you about a a friend we had on, uh, a pastor um, recently, and he said one of his things he's been dealing with just putting out fires. And so when you have that many responsibilities and you're just being uh, confronted with so many different things, it's, it's probably challenging to keep focused on doing what God has called you to do. Could you speak to that for a moment, please? 
Sure. First of all, let me say Paul Blair and that organization is incredible. I, yes. I think I think the world of him. I I just appreciate his stand and um, these guys are smart guys. They articulate um, so well. You know the message that we're all trying to convey. But you know the thing is, is that um, when um, you know the, the the fight that we've gone through putting out fires. I think I think what's happened in the church world as a whole, and we found out in the last two and a half years, is that um, if you don't constantly, consistently preach the gospel, then you have to change courses, and therefore it causes a lot of confusion in people. So when we, you know, used to just going along, and then we take a stand, you know, people aren't used to it unless unless you do it all the time. For instance, for me to to fight, it was it wasn't it wasn't the first time I've been fighting for. 20 years in this state. So mm-hmm. it was just a reflex. It's just what we do. I didn't have to think about it and say, okay, let's change courses. And so what happens is when pastors finally get the realization that we are being persecuted, that they did want to close the church, um, they they end up dealing with things. And so for me, you know, I just say it like it is. I'm getting a little older and, <laughs> and let the chips fall where they may. And if people don't like it, then, you know, they don't like it. I mean, I you can't force people to come along with you. But when they're used to it, and they're used to hearing the truth, and that's what these pastors will find. They've got to let some people go, mm. and then God will send them other people, and they'll come in knowing who they are and, and not wondering who they are. And so, you know, every pastor has to deal with this differently. Well, I appreciate the stand that you took when people actually left your church in large numbers because you emceed or you spoke at or prayed at a Trump rally back in 2020, and... Uh, you know, the people heard on the, this podcast uh, when we had you on well, the first or second time that story that now you've got more than that many people that came back and you've got new members and you're growing there. So praise God for that. Um, but you took a stand and you said, well, wait a minute. And I think one of your conversations you had, I remember, with, with someone who was on the left, so to speak, was about abortion. And I'll never forget what you said. If you can kill a baby, you can do anything meaning you are, that is demonic evil and you're capable of any other evil under the sun if you can murder a preborn human life. And we'll talk a little bit about that, Pastor Steve, because the battle over Roe v. Wade is going on in our Supreme Court. We need to mention that. But I'm looking at an emoji right now. Um, the, Biden information, uh, the Biden administration is talking a lot about disinformation, and um, there's a, a mo- an emoji now on, I believe it's Apple, iPhones, or social media, of a pregnant man. And, you know, so the Biden administration is kind of siding with this, saying we must stop disinformation. And you look at this and you go, where is our reason? Where We have abandoned the truth to such an extent that there are people sincerely confused about gender, and now we're talking about pregnant men. I just, I would love to hear your thoughts on that for a moment before we go deeper into this podcast. <laughs> you want to hear my thoughts? Absolutely, because I know you'll tell it like it is. <laughs> uh, on pregnant men? Yeah, yeah, pregnant men. There's, there's an emoji of a pregnant man now. Okay, yeah. let me tell you something. I'm gonna, can I just be as blunt as I want to be? Always. I think when people, you know, the Bible talks about in Romans 1 that they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God, neither were they thankful. And, um, and because of that, their minds were darkened. Um, uh, most translations use the word reprobate. That means you just have no sense of right and wrong, that any, you're capable of anything. And so this world really, according to the Word of God, um, is reprobate. 
and to think that um, okay, now a man can get pregnant is really, and this is the only way I know to put it, is the stupidest, ignorant thing I've ever heard. It's just dumb. And and you look at you look at these uh, men that mutilate their bodies, and 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 what they don't tell you sometimes is that you know the body um, when a man's treated like that or mutilated that their bodies are always trying to heal that wound it's a wound that's one reason they got to take some medicine and it's it's the our natural bodies know that's not the way it's supposed to be and so god doesn't make mistakes he's never made a mistake if he wanted men to have babies thank god he doesn't um because <laughs> uh, women are tougher than us uh he would have designed it that way but he didn't so these are just people making god in their own image and lifting up uh, uh, you know, they're worshiping the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And so, you know, that's what I think. It's just dumb. I just look at it, shake my head. There's two genders, male and female, period. There's not 69 genders or 70 genders or whatever they keep making up. And so it's just, it's just really crazy. It's just, it's just, it's so, um, uh, just, Stupid. I don't know how to say it any differently. That it's unbelievable that people would actually believe that. Yes, yes, and it's moral relativism on steroids. And I think one of the reasons young people, in particular, are confused about this is because that's they're they're only hearing basically one side of this from Hollywood, from social media, from um, you know the Democrat Party that supports this, the transgenderism, from the LGBTQ, which is so incredibly influential in this nation and you know around the world but in this nation particularly in our culture and i we have some insiders pastor steve some christian teachers because there's not a lot of them and their hands are tied in the government run school system but we have some insiders that send us information and you wouldn't well you would believe the number of um, rainbow posters or or flags or or the information promoting that um, as something that's 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 popular and and it should be um, celebrated now, and it's really sad. So young people, Christians need to know how to respond to young people who are sincerely confused about this, and it's and we can go back to what you said. When a culture, when a country, when a, a people falls away, from, rejects the truth of God and falls away, abandons God, something's got to fill that pretty big void. But I want to talk to you uh, about your recent battles with the government there, and we've got an audio clip I want to share I want to play. Um, you put something up on your Facebook page back in February, I believe, and uh, I really appreciated the fact that you put it up there. Um, and I just want to get the audio clip and and just let people hear because the question is: You're a pastor. Why should a pastor be talking like this? And you you even answer that question. You ask and answer that question later in this post, in this Facebook Live. So I just want to play this. This is Pastor Steve Smotherman, and then we'll get more of his response. Go ahead. This governor is a complete, utter failure. And I know a lot of people think, well, she's doing the best she can. This is the best she can. She needs to be removed immediately. She should resign. She should have to have already resigned for the things she's done anyway. She put people in bread lines. She made the most horrific decisions. They kept saying, we're following the science. And Dr. Disgrace, her doctor, Scracy, who is, in my opinion, a disgrace to the medical profession, who's not an epidemiologist or a virologist, he's none of those things. He's, he's just an MD of general medicine. And so 
but yet he's trying to dictate to us and tell us how to live. I think this governor has been abusive to our children when these young people have to wear masks to play basketball. I think the NMAA has not fought hard enough. And I think that the person in charge probably should be removed also. How do you put kids in masks to play volleyball, to play basketball, wrestle? Like, okay, the virus will only come through a mask or won't come through a mask, but they're sweating on each other, they're pushing on each other, they're in close proximity with each other, but that's okay. This is how dumb it is. Pastor Steve Smotherman, New Mexico is one of the most severe or actually one of the most locked down states when it comes to some of these regulations. Can First of all, thank you for confronting this. Children in masks. Um, please tell us about what, what the things are, what's going on in New Mexico right now, and because uh, uh, depending on where people are listening from, they might not be able to understand how uh, that government has been trying to enforce these things. Well, I mean, you know, they they did, and then, you know, in February, um, this governor had, um, you know, she she just made an abrupt move, and out of no notice, she popped off and said the mask mandate's over because it's an election year, and her poll numbers were dropping, and so, and the only science she followed was political science, and. So now that, you know, her numbers are dropping, it's a tighter race, we have a chance maybe to turn the state around a little bit, and she changed and, and you know, said, okay, we can go do what we want, and um, which which is what we've been fighting for the whole time. That um, And then, you know, more and more stuff's coming out that nothing they did worked. Nothing, the, the mass, the social distancing, you know, we have those emails with Fauci and that other guy that... They just basically made up six feet. It wasn't even, there was no science. It could have been any, it could have been two feet, one foot, whatever. And we're just finding out that they had no plan. This wasn't a pandemic, uh, as they say. You know, everybody's coming back and saying these deaths aren't what they are. And so, you know what, we just keep pushing, and I keep pushing on this governor because people don't realize that um, at one time we were the most locked down state in America. Not only that, uh, but our governor was ranked 50th in a, in a survey taking of how she handled COVID. She was given an F in one study and, and ranked 50th out of 50 governors in another one. And so she was just abusive. And, you know, we, we need to speak to power. Mm. These people serve us. I don't serve them. That's right. And, um, and who, who better to call out demonic activity or evil than the church? And People say, well, you've got to submit to the governing authorities. The problem with that statement is the governing authority in America is not the president, is not a governor, is not the legislature. It's the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution gives me the right to have freedom of religion. That's my governing authority, and that's the way we proceeded. And I believe every Christian should proceed that way. And I believe that too, Pastor Stephen. I thank you for speaking so bluntly to that. But it's not just the religious freedom. And as you know, we talked about this on a past podcast, that the government deemed the church non-essential, and that's one of the biggest lies I've heard in a long time. If you, They're just saying Christianity is of no consequence, and we have no influence. We're losing influence, I agree with that. But you also talked about just kids in sports. This is common sense. Now, it, did New Mexico have uh, mandates to the point, uh, you know what, I don't even want to get into that one. we got to take a break. I hear the music in the background. When we come back, we've got to talk more about this because we've got to protect our children. And also, pastors, thank you for those that do speak up and give people godly examples of really standing up for the truth. And just saying we cannot 
buckle under this medical tyranny. Uh, More with Pastor Steve Smotherman in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So we're with Pastor Steve Smotherman today, Legacy Church, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, One of the chapters in my recent book was uh, about whether the church passed the COVID test, and we talked about what is good as far as submission to government, and then there are situations where discrimination comes into play, and then when they're telling you to do something ungodly or unbiblical or against what the Bible instructs as far as meeting together, gathering, um, and so, yes, we did fail that test generally, but not all churches. Um, but, Pastor Steve, let's go back for a moment and wrap up our, our um, discussion about how the mandates in New Mexico affected children. Oh, my goodness, and now we're, 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 we've seen some of the uh, results from that in some uh, medical issues with kids, and we can talk more about that. But in New Mexico, because in that clip we played, you talked about kids wearing masks when they were in athletics. So share a little bit for those who don't, didn't have that maybe kind of thing in their state, those mandates. Well, you know, what, what this governor did is um, forced all of our kids, if they are going to play sports or parents wanted to go watch their kids play sports, they had to wear masks. So these kids are out there playing volleyball, basketball, cross-country track, um, which, you know, they're not really close to each other. Mm. Um, the whole time, running track, um, the whole time they had to wear a mask. And the officials, uh, the referees, if you weren't wearing it properly, they would tell you would put it up above your nose. So these kids are running down the court playing volleyball. They slip down. They would stop and say, pull that mask up. Oh my it, was, goodness. it was so horrific to watch. Mm. Um, and it was so um, disheartening to see how they were indoctrinating our kids and forcing them to, uh, you know, in wrestling matches the same way, wearing a mask. It's just, it was so crazy um, that, I, you know, how do you, des- how do you, how do you describe it? It was so crazy. Mm. Children. I mean, there, there are, uh, there's a website, uh, Patrick Wood, at uh, Citizens for Free Speech, I believe it's .com. They've also got a website they put up a couple of years ago that they were starting to get testimonies from all across the country. I believe it's No Masks for Children, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, but these are mothers and fathers, but parents that put these testimonies up about what happened to their kids for, as a result of wearing masks for seven hours a day or while doing sports. And we've talked a lot about that, so I don't want to be too redundant. But you've had to take a stand in your state. Are there any legal um, cases pending? Uh, did you resolve any of those issues you've, you've had since the beginning of COVID? Well, you know, we, um, we eventually, you know, it looked like we lost when you go to federal court and they, they kind of rule in the, the governor's favor. But um, then we, you know, took it to the, you know, the um, Court of Appeals here in, in this area, um, the Federal Court of Appeals. And, and those judges kept saying, um, you know, they kept asking our attorneys because I get to listen to, you know, what relief do you want? because she's given you everything you're asking for now. So every time we went to court, the governor changed whatever it is we were fighting. And uh, even the judge mentioned that. seems like the, the governor changes every time they come to court. So he, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we lost some battles, but we won the war. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the fines they gave us, they ended up dismissing them. 
um, because I was never going to stop fighting it. So we went through their kangaroo court, which, you know, the governor pays for a mediator, which is paid by the governor. And then they have the governor's attorney and then, you know, my attorney and us, we did a Zoom um, mediation or, you know, kind of trial thing. And and uh, they cut down, you know, we were fined 10000 They cut it down to five. And they said, well, you know, you need to pay us $5,000. And I said, well, I'm not paying you $5,000. So our recourse was to appeal it in district court. So we appealed it in district court. They came back to our attorneys a short time later and said, hey, we want this to go away. And he goes, well, what are you proposing? Because they're not going to quit fighting. They're not going to pay you a penny. They said, we'll remove the rest of the fine if they remove their um, appeal in district court. Hmm. And, and I agreed to it, but in hindsight, you know, I, I may have jumped too quick because we, we let them off the hook. Hmm. But the bottom line is we won. I got up and declared victory. We paid them nothing. I told them from the beginning they won't get a penny, and they got they didn't get a penny from us. And Praise so God. When it all came down to it, we not only won um, in, in the whole system. We got everything we wanted, um, which is to leave us alone. Mm. Uh, we're going to do what we want. With We don't need your oversight, and we're not going to accept your oversight, and you have no right to give us oversight. And, um, and so they left us alone. They, uh, we just did our thing. Uh, we even had and violated, you know, the, the mass thing this year at our same Christmas thing, and you know, create, uh, our midnight candlelight service that we had that we got fined the first 10000 uh, we, we made it well known we were going to do it. We broadcast it. We said, we don't care what you do. And they didn't say a word. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, we won the war. Uh, we got everything we wanted. In fact, I was talking to a pastor the other day in town. He said, listen, I know we're much smaller than you. We didn't get much attention, but we followed your lead. We prayed for you. We, we were with you, man. You fought for all of us. And hmm. so, you know, that's one thing about our church and our lawsuit. We didn't just fight for our church. We was fighting for every uh, person to worship how they want to worship. Even if I don't agree with the way they worship, according to our Constitution, they have the right to do that. Amen. And you definitely encourage the faith, I'm sure, of a lot of different pastors in different states across the country, because, I mean, at some point, I think you were fined $10,000 or more. Is Was that in one case? Yeah, in one case, 10000 OSHA, I think, uh, together with all the fines from OSHA, it may have been three or four, $5,000 we didn't pay a penny to anybody. Mm. And so that's the fines I was just talking about that they removed. Okay. The last part of it in district court, they we removed our appeal and they removed the fines. Um, but we never paid anything. So we were fined by uh, the, the state. We were fined by OSHA, um, you know, because of the COVID safe practices. We, did, we just said we're, we're not going to do them and, um, because we don't think they help us at all. And so, um, so they dropped them all, just left us alone. So, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Well, Pastor Steve, do you see—I know this is speculation, clearly—but uh, do you see another crisis coming our way, a, a different form of COVID or something else that the government will try to do? Because we've had Marxism in America now, these attacks on the Church, on the people by the globalists and socialists in government. I, I can't see them stopping. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I think what we've seen in the church world, um, to come from that standpoint, is that now we have the state church and now we have God's church. Mm. Um, yes. It's the same thing in Germany. And the state church is all those guys who, 
preach Romans 13 heretically, really, that, well, you're supposed to obey the governor and you're supposed to obey the president. No, I'm going to obey the Constitution over all of them, and that's what God gave me to obey. And I'm going to obey the Word of God over all of them. Yes. And um, and so, you know, we we have all these, um, these different... Uh, mindsets, and so you have the state church with people says we need to comply with the state and do exactly what they say, and you have God's church that says no, we're going to follow God regardless of what they say. It's kind of the Daniel test, if you would, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think that's what's created. It's created this division. So I think the church of the Lord Jesus is going to rise up and be as glorious as it's ever been. I think mm-hmm. I think our best days are ahead of us. The church has always grown when there's persecution. Yes. And for the church to not realize that the government was persecuting us, they were seeing how far they could go. And what they realized was there's quite a few pastors and, and people like yourself that will fight back, that mm-hmm. aren't going to put up with this, that understand um, the principles of the Word of God and understand what's right and wrong and what's just and what's not just. And Amen. so that I think, I think the future for those who are willing to stand um, when we've done all we know to do, stand there. Therefore, mm. um, I do believe they're going to see some of the best seasons of their life. Amen. Amen. We must obey God rather than man. And there are a lot of churches that that were strengthened and encouraged by stands that you took and others. Let's go up uh, to Canada briefly, and we've had Pastor Tim Stevens on this podcast. Also recently, Pastor James Coates, who was in in prison, but Tim Stevens was going to be on trial in Canada for six violations of the Public Health Act there, and one criminal charge. And what was his crime? Obeying Christ's command to gather as a church when Caesar had forbidden it. And he's got a great um, uh, sermon that he gave, I think, while he was going through this, knowing that he was going to go to prison. It's called The Reason Why We Gather. And I want to just share an update, Steve, and get your response to this. Now, this is up in Canada, of course, but he was scheduled to be in court, uh, I believe it was today or yesterday, uh, to face these violations, but um, something, I think, guess there was there were negotiations for a plea deal that could have resolved the issue without going to trial, but Pastor Tim Stevens declined it, and uh, he said, it is not my intention to plead guilty as a matter of principle, trusting that the decisions we made as a church were righteous and in full accordance with Scripture, our religious convictions, and should be protected by our Constitution. And I'm going, Wow! He could have said, all right, we, uh, we'll submit, we'll just admit we were wrong, and we won't face any other charges or possible jail time again. But he didn't do that. So th- this, is, this is fascinating to me. I, I just admire men like that. Again, they're going to strengthen the spines, the faith of other pastors. So just your thoughts on—that hasn't come to America yet, where pastors are threatened and then imprisoned. So your thoughts on this case and those like it? Well, first of all, this 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 pastor is the epitome of everything the Bible teaches, and man, I salute him. My heart goes out to him and his family um, that he's having to deal with this. But thank God uh, for men who believe enough in the Scriptures to say, you know, whether I gain treasure or lose my treasure, um, I'm going to fight for the uh, right to preach, teach the gospel. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna seek righteousness over everything else. So thank God for him. I mean, these are these are the things that the pastors in America, some of them don't realize, is that if we don't fight now, it'll be too late to fight. Mm-hmm. And you know, the complacency of prosperity that's on the church, and you know, messing with the seeker sensitive stuff, which is 
you know, what leads to the progressive so-called progressive progressive mm-hmm. Christianity is just is just unfounded. And so, man, thank God for pastors like that. Yep. And, and you know what? Thank God he's willing to fight. And see, I'm yes. not pleading guilty. I wasn't guilty of anything. And now the Canadian government will have to decide um, if they're trying to plea it. They don't. They don't want it to go to court. So. I wouldn't doubt if they don't drop the charges at some point. Well, I hope so, and I, I admire men like that and like yourself. Um, I just want to quote him again. He said, I'm still hopeful that I will have an opportunity to share why restrictions such as masking, capacity limits, and physical distancing are a violation of the authority of the church, the conscience, and the constitution of our country. Thank you all for your prayers. God is good, Jesus is worthy, and his church will prevail, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And then he quoted Acts 17, 6 and 7, which says, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And Pastor Steve, that's our final authority, isn't it? The, the Bible has to be our final authority, not a government official, not an elected official, but the, the Bible. And that's, that's what we're finding out. Who will stand for the scriptures? I mean, it's like when I asked my wife when we, this all first started, I said, Cynthia, you know, if we fight, we could lose everything. Mm-hmm. We literally could, the way they're threatening us, the things they're saying. And I'll never forget, my wife looked at me and said, well, if that's what it costs us, it, it, we got to do the right thing. And so, you know, we when I was fighting this, I didn't go into it blindly thinking nothing would happen. I actually thought that I'd be arrested. I actually thought um, mm. that I could lose everything that God's given us. Mm. And so, um, you know, it, it wasn't just done without thought. And and so, you know, you, you, you have to, the Bible has to be our final say. Think about all the thousands of people that didn't come to know Christ these last two years because the church was closed. Mm. They can say, well, we were online. Big deal. The only people finding you online are the people in your church. And so, you know, the lost aren't going to just, you know, the lost is not looking for God. That's why we have to tell them about God. You know, we, you hear Christians say, well, you know, God's going to bring the people in. No, if God was going to do that, he would have said, just hold on, I'll bring the people in. He said, you go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. That means we have to stand for something. We have to speak the truth. And, um... And that's what people are afraid to do. And out of the thought, well, I'll lose people. Well, you know, they're God's people. They're not my people. And and if people don't like it, they get to make their own decision. How can two of us walk together unless we be agreed? Amen. And that's what the church in America, I believe, needs to understand. Yes, on all these issues, by the way. And we are going to talk about, quote, progressive Christianity. It's kind of like the Christian left, which is an oxymoron. We're going to talk about that when, after, in the next segment with Pastor Steve Smotherman. But we mentioned this German study, severe complications after taking COVID vaccine, 40 times higher than previously recorded. We will not hear that in most media outlets and news. Pastor Steve, this was a study of 40,000 participants who had uh, concluded there were severe complications after receiving the vaccine, and so it's 40 times higher. But you won't, again, this is something that our media has been negligent. They are complicit in this uh, globalist cover-up, and for whatever ends, uh, whether they're being obedient to their producers and whoever calls the shots at the networks, um, or whether they're really to, loyal to the uh, leftist agenda. Your thoughts on this, and you mentioned something else over in the U.K. as well, another study, I think. Well, I mean, first of all, we, you know, the, these, 
this this vaccine or this it's not even really a vaccine this drug that they're putting in people's bodies or forcing them to take um if if this would have been any other drug on the market it would have been removed two years ago mm-hmm. or a year and a half ago when it came out it would have never been allowed because it's killed people documented um it's causing people to be sick um and and you know i've even been dealing with some doctors that said that they're getting a huge number of cases of people who've gotten the vaccine that are now having heart issues. And yes. so um, then I listened to a doctor talk and say the amount of cancer patients has increased because of the vaccine. And mm. so, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's all been a lie. It's all about population control. Yes. And if we don't understand that with Bill Gates and Fauci, um, they, don't, they don't care about people. All they care about is the creation. They worship the creation rather than the creator. Um, and, you know, that's why when these so-called Christians say, I believe in global warming and all that, I'm like, why would you believe in that? Because if you do, you, ha- you, you go against the scriptures. God said in Genesis, he told uh, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And he never put a number on that. He didn't say, now when you get to 7 billion, you've got to slow down, folks, because you're going to overpopulate the earth. <laughs> God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Yes. And, and, and all that, he created an earth that would never run out of resources. And if we had 10 billion people on the earth, it still wouldn't mess with the earth. We could have 15 billion, and it wouldn't. He never put an end on that. So you either believe in the world's view of global warming, or you believe in God's view of creation. And creation says we're to be fruitful and multiply, and he never put a number on that. So everything else is anti-God. Amen, brother. Yes. That's what people need to realize. Yes, we're going to talk about that, how a Christian can somehow end up believing in environmentalism and this activism that would lead to population control because their thesis is people are the problem, human beings are the problem. And by the way, I, I have a friend moving to Montana. I know there's a lot of states in the country where there's an awful lot of space, so I don't think we're running out of space here. But by the way, if you can get that study over at thegatewaypundit.com, the study on the number of those suffering severe complications, we're not making this up to fear monger. That's not our, our purpose here, but we are reporting the truth. Progressive Christianity. Let's talk about that with Pastor Steve Smotherman coming up next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I was telling Pastor Steve uh, before we got back on the air, I wish we had another segment. Sometimes we need an hour and a half show uh, to do this podcast and, and just talk about all the important issues. But um, when you abandon biblical doctrine, you set the stage to deny biblical morality. Now, I want to read a quote from a great article over at Decision Magazine, Why Do Moral Progressivism and Theological Liberalism Go Hand in Hand? The quick answer is that both impulses are rooted in an attempt to escape or undermine Scripture. And that's what the left, the so-called progressives, are doing. Uh, before we get more into the what the progressives believe, who call themselves Christians, because I got a printout right from their website on progressive Christianity, um, Pastor Steve, they also there was a group called Pro Pro Choice Evangelicals for Biden. Um, they were campaigning for Joe Biden when he was running against President Trump, and you're kind of scratching your head, going, "How can people be so deceived that they do not even think?" Ripping the life of an unborn, preborn human being in a mother's womb is not murder. There's only one question that needs, needs to be asked. Can I kill this? 
So how do you answer that question when it comes to anything, any life, and it's been proven it is a human life? So, Steve, I know you've got thoughts about the Roe v. Wade decision and how the implications of that and the Supreme Court leak. If you could just share your thoughts on that briefly. Well, first of all, if it's true, and I I tend to believe it is, what a great decision by these judges. We all know, and anybody that knows a little bit about Roe v. Wade, it was was just unfounded. There's nothing Mm -hmm. in our Constitution that would lead them to make it that that the original decision. So if it's true, I think it could create um, a revival in the church, and it will separate the wheat from the chaff. And, um, Amen. You know, because you'll know what side you're on. So yes. I said this last night and Tuesday night in our services. We have midweek services. I said, listen, if you believe in abortion and you believe it's okay to murder babies, you, there's no way you can be a true believer in Christ. It's an oxymoron. You cannot believe in murdering babies and call yourself a believer. Hmm. So it goes back to Matthew 7, um, when Jesus talked about in the last days that men will come up to him and say, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. And Jesus said, you know what I'm going to say to them? I have no idea who you are. And the reason for that is they did what they wanted or what they made, made them feel good, and they didn't do what he asked or hmm. what he commanded. And, and so, you know, can you imagine going up to Jesus and bragging about how great your resume is? Mm. God, I did this, I did this, right. I did this, I did this, and that's what people constantly do. And the Lord looking and says, I have no idea who you are. I didn't ask you to do any of those things. Those made you feel better, but the things I asked you to do and commanded you, you ignored. So he said, I don't even know you. Depart from me. And so mm. we, we need to realize it's all wrapped up in that. And, so, and then the leak... You know, that's a, you know, it's a liberal that leaked it um, to create havoc and controversy and try to force these judges, um, if it's all true, to change their mind. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, you know, and you and I have talked when we were off the air. I've never heard of ever, ever, now in my lifetime, now it doesn't mean it hadn't happened, but I haven't heard of ever there being a leak um, before decisions were rendered. There hasn't. It's unprecedented. Yep. So this is, a, this is a first, and they did it for reasons. I think there are marching orders. There were already people, the night it was leaked, there were people protesting at the, at the Supreme Court uh, steps there outside, and they had signs made. Some of them were pre-made, Pastor Steve. They, they, got their, they got that done pretty quick in an awful hurry for something that was, quote, leaked. So I think some on the left knew this was coming. So we're going to continue to pray. It should be an issue left up to the states. And by the way, let's be educated, friends. Abortion will not go away if the Supreme Court says uh, Roe v. Wade is not constitutional and does, returns that to the power of the states. It will not go away. People can get an abortion. They'll just go to a blue state to do that. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree. And, and you know what? Our governor and our government here has been bragging about how many people are like coming over from Texas and killing their babies. And, you know, Albuquerque is the partial birth um, abortion capital of America. Mm. You can come here at any stage and kill a baby. And wow. uh, we even tried to get that off, uh, make it where you couldn't do it in our city. And believe it or not, we lost. We got it up on the ballot, and Christians wouldn't come out and vote. You know why? Because they say the same thing over and over again. Uh, politics is not my thing. I didn't come to church to listen to politics. Well, it doesn't matter what we preach today. They call it politics. If we go against the culture, yep. it's politics. If I say abortion is murder, it's political. If I say homosexuality is sin, it's political. Yes. If I say, you know, there's only two genders, I don't want to come to hear that. I came to hear the gospel. And, and they didn't. They have itching ears. They only want to hear what they want to hear. 
and and the church has has faltered. Our apathy um, of not engaging in this culture has cost us, and now we're trying to play catch-up, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. Amen, brother. Now let's jump over here to this issue of, quote, progressive Christianity. Friends, I know you've heard some of this. This is a thing. Uh, as you can understand from the recent Barna research that says religious pluralism is what is really taking the, the minds of Americans, because young people today are believing in a little bit of Islam, a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of New Age. They'll throw a little bit of Christianity in there, too, in their beliefs, but that's a, a awful, uh, ugly patchwork, uh, like a, this ugly quilt of your worldview, and it doesn't work because the gospel is exclusive. Jesus is the only way. But on the Progressive Christian website, Steve, it says, we can draw from diverse sources of wisdom in our spiritual journey. We believe there is more value in questioning than in absolutes. And let's talk about this one because you brought it up a couple minutes ago. They believe in striving to protect and restore the integrity of our earth. There you go. You elevate the earth. You notice they never prayed to Father Earth because Father God, right? It's Mother Nature. So they're trying to protect and restore the integrity of the earth. These are some of their goals on their own website. Where is this in Scripture? Well, it's not in Scripture, in fact. Um, uh, you know, there is, if you say, I'm a progressive Christian, um, you can't be. And, and, and let, me, let me back up. <laughs> I, I don't even like to use the word Christian because it's so watered down. Everybody's yes. a Christian now. All yep. the Mormons are Christian. The whole witness, are, everybody's a Christian. <laughs> um, and, and so let's use the words Jesus used. He never used the word Christian. He used the word believer. And he talks about what you have to do to follow him. You have to carry your cross and follow me. In other words, you have to act like you're a walking dead man to follow me. You have to put all your own stuff aside and follow me, and I'll, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll let you know where you should be going. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's where we should be. And, and so it, it, anything else is not Christianity at all. So if you say I'm a liberal Christian, no such monster. If you say I'm a progressive Christian, there's no such monster. Here's what you are. You're liberal and you're progressive and you're anti-God and just admit it because you want to change the scriptures. You want to worship this earth. And, and God specifically said you are not to worship what I created. You're to worship me, the creator. Amen. And when they, when they, when they go to somewhere besides the creator, it's just all false. So they're not believers. They're they're um, they're just progressive left that believe in um, everything the Bible says is wrong. Yes, secularism is a religion, um, and this is a progressive Christianity outlook. I want to just share a quick quote from J. Gresham Machen. He was one of the greatest conservative theologians of this particular era. He argued that liberals had not quote updated Christianity being by being progressive or whatever. They had repudiated. Christianity and invented an entirely new religion. In his words, their new religion was, quote, not Christianity at all, but a religion which is so different from Christianity as to belong in a different category, end quote. Pastor Steve, one of the bullet points on this progressive Christian website, they seek community. Here's one of the code words coming up. They seek community that is inclusive of all people including but not limited to those of all sexual orientations and gender identities. So let's. what does that mean? They seek community. Are we to be yoked 
with people who do not believe in the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. That's not to say we aren't to witness with them. Jesus didn't hang around with sinners. He ministered to them, told them the truth. He, Yes, he had a dinner <laughs> with them probably several times, talked to the woman at the well, a Samaritan, but he did not hang out with them. He was not yoked with them. That's what progressive Christians are endorsing here. Community with those of all sexual orientations. I know you've got some thoughts on this, Pastor Steve. Well, I mean, it's just it's just false. It's it's just faulty. And and you know, the church, um, and I, and I brought up earlier that the, the seeker sensitive movement has led to this. Mm-hmm. People say, well, we don't want to be offensive. We don't want to offend people. Well, listen, if the gospel offends them, that's not on me. That's on God. That's God's word, not my word. And and so maybe they need to get a little offended to get them thinking and and to allow the spirit of God to stir them and begin to deal with their heart and mind that we sow seeds of life into their life and then hopefully in believing that you know one day they'll come to know the saving grace and knowledge of our lord jesus it's either god's way or no way either he's lord of all or he's not lord at all and all this term christian that we keep wanting to use you know and i use it too but and and i'm trying to get away from it is is not is not true believers it's not it's not what we believe and and so if you believe anything outside the scriptures, then you're anti-God. Mm. You're, you're, the, you're the anti-Christ. You're, you're anti the Word of God. And, and either God's Word settles all issues, or it doesn't. And there's Amen. two genders. There's not, there's not a lot of... There's just, and, and these sexual orientations are just deviant behavior. It's just ungodly. It's wrong. And they will die and go to hell. That's mm. the bottom line. The only thing that will set them free is the truth. And the truth is, God loves you, but God wants you to live a different life. Amen, brother. Amen to that. I'm going to put a a post in our podcast notes. Um, Great article by Elisa Childers, um, a phenomenal believer and apologist, Five Ways to Counter Progressive Christianity. Uh, Pastor Steve, we've just got three minutes left. Um, Some of these things, what's interesting about this on their website, Progressive Christianity, um, they're not hiding this. It's to the point where they're really open about this. Do you believe that one of the reasons people are more open about how they can say they're a Christian, but they they don't adhere to the biblical worldview, is that there is such illiteracy among the church, and believers just really don't know what to believe or why they believe it? Well, and I I do agree with that. I, I, you know, and that comes back to the pulpit. What's what's Mm. in the pulpit? Mm. And you know, isn't it funny that the world is never worried about offending anybody for their message? But the church somehow gets concerned about things we should not be concerned about. Well, I don't want to say that because it'll offend people. I don't want to do an altar call to invite people to receive Jesus because it could offend those that don't want to. And I don't want to talk about money because that's offensive. And, man, I don't want to say Jesus the only way that's offensive. And so, you know, we're so worried about offending the lost that we don't preach the gospel and make disciples of believers, mm. and and that's the problem. We've, you know, it's the, it's the scripture says in the last days that men will heap up teachers unto themselves, having itching ears, and and that means teacher after teacher after teacher after teacher, and we're seeing it in our midst. Mm. They don't want to hear the truth. The truth is too rough. I, I have people say, well, you know, he's just too strong, and I can't take it. So you know, and and the only reason they're saying strong is because. They're not used to hearing the gospel preached Mm. the way that God intended it for it to be preached, with love, mercy, but also there's judgment. And and, and that's that, you know, it's just like the homosexual community. You know, when you 
talk about that, and the church is afraid to address it. In my church, you will have no public displays of affection if you're a homosexual. If you have two guys holding hands in our church, we'll stop them. Say, that ain't happening here, buddy. Mm. You can come to church, but you can't do that. We're not going to let you flaunt that in front of any of us. And, and, and what we need to realize, and people say, well, that's harsh. No, the homosexual community cannot produce one thing. So they have to recruit. Well, what's the best way to recruit? Go after our kids. Mm. One of their mantras is get them before they're eight or it's too late. And so they, they, they know what they're doing. They have a mission, and they're not worried about offending any of us. And yet we as the preachers of truth, we're, we're concerned about offending people. And we can't be. We just have to put it out there, let God deal with people's hearts and minds, because we don't get them saved anyway. It's the Spirit of God that draws them. Amen. And we have to stand and be bold. We just have to stand and be courageous and watch God move. Uh, Pastor Steve, I would love to have you come on sometime and talk about some of the issues in the government school systems. Uh, what you said just should have sent chills down many of our spines. The LGBTQ, those who promote this and endorse it and are pushing it, they cannot reproduce, so they have to recruit. And they've been successful. Uh, I don't, I'm not giving them credit. I'm just speaking a, an observation in reaching the youth and indoctrinating the youth with this hypersexuality and uh, normalizing LGBTQ issues. And it's a tragic mark on our country. Would you like to just, just give your closing thoughts on this and encourage Christian parents really quickly? Well, first, first of all, you know, they make it sound like everybody's a homosexual, but it's what, less than 3% of our population or whatever, 4%. You know, it's not many, but you would, when you look at it, you think everybody is, yeah. and, which is just a lie. And, and the truth is, for all parents out there dealing with your kids, your kids are being lied to. We don't talk enough about the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's lying to them. And he's telling them, well, you, because you feel this way, you must be this way. But God says, don't go by your feelings. Go by the Word of God. It's a lie. And parents have to keep their kids in church. Parents Amen. need to be in church. These kids have nothing today to counteract the onslaught of being indoctrinated. Amen. Got to wrap it up, Pastor Steve. Thank you so much for your strong stance. God bless you, friends. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.